0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, AJ Eads. And today, my guest is a friend of mine named Joe. Uh, Joe and I met through a mutual friend and since have developed a friendship through backpacking and camping and dog ownership and lots of other uh, topics of common interest. And Joe is a really interesting guy. Our conversation really kind of wandered over a wide range of topics. So I think pretty much no matter who you are, I think you'll enjoy this one. Let's go ahead and get right in with Joe Brian. So you and I met, uh, through a mutual friend at a party realistically, uh, and then just became friends on Facebook and kind of carried that through, um, we had a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And over time you saw that I was posting photos about backpacking. I saw that you were posting photos about backpacking. We both said, Hey, we both like backpacking. We should go backpacking.
1: That's exactly how that happened.
0: And within
1: like friends, we're not that great at camping or backpacking and you're like let's go backpacking.
0: Right. And, and then,
1: then I was like okay, well, I've been talking to somebody who may know more <laughs> than us. So you're you're actually you were used as a pawn Okay. in our game to figure out what it was that we were doing wrong. It,
0: it was such A good experience for me because it was really funny. Like I said to you on Facebook, hey, man, we should like think about planning a trip sometime. We should go on a backpacking trip. And you were like, yeah, sounds good. Cool. We should do that. And I kind of like didn't think maybe it would come together or maybe we'll put it off, whatever. And then probably four or five days later, you were like, hey, man, there's a trip Uh, this Friday. Mm -hmm. You should come. Some guys dropped out. We're going. And I was like, yeah, man, let's do that. I'll do that. I got time. Let's go. And then literally we got off Facebook and I went, I don't really know this dude. (laughs) And it like caught me. And I was like, I'm going out into the woods with some strangers. I have no idea what they're like. Yeah. In all reality, I could get out there and these dudes could be super weird or... I don't know. And I just, I was like, you know what, dude, just go with it. It'll I'm be surprised
1: fine. that like, even afterwards you're like, okay, yeah.
0: Come to my, Oh no, man. That was a super fun podcast. Trip.
1: I will. That trip be, was fun. It, yeah. Yeah. No, that, that trip was fun. I, 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 absolutely. Um, it was strange for us too. I was like, yeah, I told my friends, <laughs> I was like, I don't know this guy. And but he seemed all right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he likes backpacking. Yeah, he likes beer. Most
0: people that are I into backpacking are like yeah. reasonable humans. Yeah, like if you're willing to give up the creature comforts of the world and go wander off, and there's a nice big carpenter bee in here. That's is lovely, that a carpenter. Bee?
1: Yeah, yeah it's, it sure.
0: Is. It's not the ones that'll that'll get no, you. No,
1: I know. I, I wasn't afraid of it, but I was like, "There's it's a bee a large next bee. to this flower." A lo- <laughs>
0: inside. I actually not, have a small <laughs> ecosphere that takes place. I have a biodome in here. I, you told me your house is cool. Yeah. You're, you're here for a year. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I've, Sorry. To me, it's already been like four months. Yeah, I just, it goes time flies. Um, I actually have an oxygen rich environment that time goes faster. Um, but we got to, and you were like, Hey man, uh, you know, let's just meet at this kind of public parking lot. We'll drive and, and cool. And it was also one of the first, it was the only trip that I've ever gone on where it was like Friday night. We're not going to get there till it's dark True. hiking we'd in, ne- in the dark. We'd never done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we got there and it was a great, really cool trail that we went to. Um, but Immediately, Gus, our third compatriot that was with us, uh, realized that he had not checked the batteries in his headlamp Mm. and didn't have batteries for the remainder of the (laughs) trip. He didn't have any batteries. I like that you remember a lot of this,
1: or you took notes as we went. I
0: remember... like. The, the weird thing is I have a terrible short-term memory. Yeah, it man, only literally. comes later on that I'll be like, oh, that was the detail. Gotcha. Because if you asked me the day after, I'd be like, we were out in the woods. I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, well, there's, there's certain times where it's like something that changed the whole trip. For sure. That that's the stuff that I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Um, Things that you learn from for sure. For instance, I'm going to change the subject real yep, quick. No, the, that's what podcasts <laughs> are about. There's other friends. I mean, that go in the same um, backpacking crew mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this is the first time we'd ever gone backpacking. The group, it's the four of us. Oh no, joke. Um, I had jeans packed away, like actual yeah. cotton jeans. Denim um, jeans. My um, Gus. His idea was for each of us to carry nine liters of water.
0: What is it? This was your first backpacking trip?
1: This was my first backpacking trip, and it's in the summer, and we're taking Gus's advice because he's a Boy Scout. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a different trip. He had done this before. Okay. Yes. So by the time you and I went, it was maybe my fourth. Gotcha. Maybe fifth. So I'm experimenting still. Sure. Um, not that I'm not still doing that. I think but. you
0: always are. I still certainly am.
1: Yeah. Um, but a good friend of ours, Brian, wore toe shoes. Oh, um, he's wearing toe shoes and, um, we are in Missouri trails. We oh. are these are rocky trails. These now, aren't.
0: Let me ask you this: is he the kind of is he the guy that wears toe shoes all the time? He used to be. Okay, so when he <laughs> went on this adventure, after that, he
1: stopped wearing, wearing toe, toe shoes. <laughs> shoes. Okay, yeah, that's no, I, a bold I, I, move. He, he was wearing them and being like, "Look, I'm going to be the most comfortable person yeah, on this, this trail. Is,
0: this is how it's we are going to walk.
1: Be. I'm going to feel the the, feel the, the, the earth, earth below yeah. my feet." And we're in Missouri trails. These Not are 20 pounds bold, on your these back. These are yeah. boulders. Oh, we've got 40, 50 oh. pounds of, on our backs. Nine liters. Nine liters of water or or less. Yeah, I mean, seven, seven, nine, too much. Way too much. Nothing that you would ever need in a one day backpacking trip. For sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so he is... Um, he can't really he's just dragged behind the whole trip is just slowed down um again it's our first backpacking trip so everyone's completely exhausted by the end of it now i'm at the i'm going all right guys we're in the car we're driving back we're all exhausted i'm exhausted i'm tired we stop at a diner i'm like guys that was so much fun let's plan the next one yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Brian is like crying still. Yeah, bleeding uh, from bleeding his feet. from his feet. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he wanted to even walk inside the restaurant. Uh, um, things that change things that change the trip yeah. are the things that I remember. Oh, for sure. You know, Brian's yeah. dumbass toe shoes
0: why he owns it in the first I don't know but anyway I mean, good I, friend I understand the science I understand it's, the it's, idea it's the behind it But it's not something that you know. want to take on like that first of all like any kind of footwear if there's like a lesson that I've learned Ooh, let's do footwear don't <laughs> like don't take a pair of footwear like even if you're comfortable with it normal setting like don't take it on an epic journey if you haven't got like built up to it right like in the same way that you don't want to just grab take a forty a pound new, pack
1: or a brand new pair of masks and yeah. say, I'm gonna take this one hundred and ninety dollar boot and go
0: can't or in the first day. Exactly. Yeah, it it doesn't Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't want to you don't want to bring a new pair of shoes out and at the same time like just walking around town on flat pavement isn't the same as walking on rocks, rocks or boulders or sand or you know all those kinds of things, and then sure. accounting for slippery water, stuff. Yeah, through water.
1: Yeah, but I mean that he thought he'd be comfortable, mm-hmm. and um, it's, paid it's it paid the price. <laughs> but honestly, memorable. Um, the first trip will always be the most memorable. Um, th- things that we this the nine liters of water. The pairs of jeans. I mean, who in God's name would put on a pair of jeans after? It's a lot to keep of people. Warm it's a lot of people. Just to keep warm. Um, yeah, each each trip is is new but yeah that first one that well,
0: was it's, like, it's counterintuitive for a lot of people to think that it's better to have like if it's really really cold out it might actually be better for you to not have a rain fly on your tent or on your hammock because the condensation will evaporate out and get away from mm-hmm. you versus mm-hmm. getting trapped and then inevitably come down on top of you and wet out your down or things like that mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things that are kind of counterintuitive to what you normally would think makes sense mm-hmm. Keep me warm when I'm at the soccer game right. or whatever it is. So I'm gonna wear those, and it's just you know you don't think about those kinds of things, and you you learn the lessons as you go, and hopefully not too painfully. Hopefully you don't just get like crushed. There's a, a dude that I've seen on YouTube that was on a trip in like nor in i think new hampshire and they were on the white mountains like some of the worst weather changes slash weather in the united states maybe even slash in the world and people die up there every year because it's just like storms come through and just wipe the top of the mountains clean and fun yeah and they got a negative 30 degree night kind of unexpected like they knew it was gonna be cold but not that cold mm. And the night before he had, or the day before he had taken a water bottle that had ice built up in the seams of the cap that he didn't see there and he tightened it all down and it was real tight and he put it down in his backpack and then that water melted and created that gap in his lid and a whole bottle worth of water emptied out in his sleeping bag. And so, like negative thirty with no sleeping bag, wear it. Uh, he sat well, I don't in his know tent. That that's, he, 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 he sat kept in his in the... tent between his buddies yeah. and basically just like sat up awake all night trying to not Freeze freak stuff. out and couldn't really get too close to his buddies because if he did that, then he would wet out there down or he would, you know, compress there down. Oh, he so it was just, it was I, a nightmare. He should have
1: not, I would have taken out, I wouldn't have been in it
0: he wasn't in his sleeping bag. Okay. Uh, he was just it's sitting there. Just everything there. else is wet. Yeah, everything else that was basically in his bag was wet. Mm. And so he just basically had his clothes, his coat. Like, he had good outerwear. So was, it wasn't like he was up there in, like, a tank top. Mm. He was down jacket, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but not, not what ready. you want to be. Not ready. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he had not, done not everything yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but well, one mistake well, yeah, yeah, yeah. ruined his whole trip. Could kill Could kill you. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, bad scenario real quick real real quick so that's
1: pretty much what got me into backpacking actually it is the going camping with friends and tired of being uncomfortable and buying better stuff just to go camping and was like well that's a fairly light tent it's not the lightest tent but it's it's better than everyone else's 10. Mm-hmm. I spent a good buck on it. Um and decided, yeah, I've got good stuff.
0: I I'm I'm growing some better We'll survive. be you know I mean? prepared so. when you it's I've taken a lot of pride in being able to be comfortable when you shouldn't be comfortable mm. is kind of my theory on it. Is that like you shouldn't be able to sleep outside in zero degree weather in a hammock
1: and be comfortable
0: and sleep through the night and wake up and go, <laughs> man, that, that was, was a great sleep. really good sleep. <laughs> and right now I feel 100 percent confident that I can do that on a repeated basis, mm. predictably over and over and over again. But it's taken a long time of like practice and preparation and trying and failing. I spent a night out when it was negative three and basically froze my buns off. Uh, did a video about it, put it on YouTube. Nah. So it's it's been a, a journey of like failures and trials and you know you obviously don't want to ever put yourself in a bad scenario. When I did that trip, I was two miles from my car, so if it really would have gotten ugly throw all your stuff in a bag, give it a little jog and get back to your car. And no that big brings deal. us
1: back, I think to that, that trip with
0: Gus, mm-hmm. he didn't have his light. Is that, Did not is that have, correct? Yeah. He, well, he had his light, but he had not checked the batteries. Mm. So it was just basically dead dim. from the last trip. It was dim. Yeah.
1: Um, so it, we didn't pick too far of a site going through we there did, at night we in, in, in gus and i had done it before
0: we did a 17 mile loop <laughs> uh i want to say it was at merrimack state no no it was south at of Fort lone, Leonard Wood. lone um lone pine lone pine state park no that's the trail oh it's lone pine trail i cannot recall big the big piney wilderness yes big piney trail in the lone elk wilderness, mm. lone something—it doesn't matter. So it's it's south uh, of Missouri, so, yeah, south, yeah, south, south, of, of, Fort Missouri, south of Fort Leonard Wood. Yeah. It was a big piney trail. I remember that part. Um, and it's a seventeen-mile loop, and we were going to do it in three days, two nights. That's what we ended up doing it in. And we got to the trail at probably what eight o'clock. Yeah, not too late. We met at about. Five five thirty just outside just of St. Car, Louis, got drove. in the car, drove two, three hour drive, and got to the trailhead and pretty quickly and got, just got in, yeah, got in. Went. Yeah. Um, started walking and started cracking jokes, kind of started to open up a little bit of who everybody was sure. and what the senses of humor were and things like that. Gus's headlamp failed. So I ended up walking behind him and Giving kind him of light. illuminated, kind of bending my neck around him to, to put light in front of his feet. Yeah. And I mean, it made sense for both of us. Right. Um, I think I recall mine wasn't very bright either. We figured it out.
1: Um, I think
0: I had enough. I think I had, if
1: you, if you're out long enough on the trail, you, and it's got some good light, like from the moon, Mm -hmm. I've gone night hiking and and been been pretty good. I mean, but our good night light, the issue I think is we're not going on a, a secondary hike, like once you get to your camp, yeah, you're, you're like, all right, let's go in and have a night hike. Well, and it let's was hike at night.
0: The, one to of the our things about St. Louis or Missouri in general is like, I think the highest point here is what 1,800 feet. You're not walking any like ridges. There's nothing that's you know sharp embankments that you're going to fall off of or not, well, yeah, depends
1: on. I mean, three feet a pretty could be a good drop, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, it, it, you know, I was just like, for example, I was just in Yosemite and there were some places where if you took one wrong step, see you by, mm. you're gone forever. No one even knew you were there. Uh, it's just, yeah. and then you're just gone, no. right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> just, uh. <laughs> uh, and so, like, if you're night hiking, it you don't run into those kinds of dangers, but you can... Twist an ankle, snap a knee, break sure. a leg, do some pretty gnarly stuff pretty quick. Um, but yeah, if you've got good moonlight... You made light, that
1: sound like really cool. About, <laughs> like, doing some gnarly <laughs> stuff. Breaking legs.
0: Snapping knees. Snapping knees. <laughs> Explode energy drink. Um, Backpacking. <laughs> backpack fight. night, ba- Backpackers for us. Um, so with... With all of that, like it's actually we a, basically bike club. That yeah.
1: well, and that was that's like on backpacking. So the people that don't come home, <laughs> like that's that backpack. Back club. I, I not saw not bike club, but
0: backpack club. The stats at Yosemite were like 16 deaths a year, and we. So it's not left. as funny as we're trying. No, to, we left. People and died. We left on Friday, and on Monday somebody died, and then oh two weeks God. later, two more people died. Like, not doing anything crazy. Huh. A guy was hiking up Half Dome the back way like everybody else does other than the climbers, and it was wet, and you're not supposed to go up Half Dome when it's wet, and he just literally slipped and fell and uh, died. And it's like a a thing that happens on a fairly regular basis that they're just like, yeah, this is a thing. Now tomorrow we welcome back to Yosemite. Here's half dumb. Go bond back up. I wonder
1: what the statistics of like of other recreational deaths, like how many people have died from tennis?
0: Let's be honest. (laughs) Not very many.
1: All right. So so this is actually pretty hardcore
0: sport. You know, what's funny is that there's like five million people a year. More people have died from backpacking than NASCAR then uh yeah probably for sure i mean oh yeah yeah people because i can't remember what it is sarah my girlfriend looked up the numbers it's like kind of an astonishing number of people go missing in national parks each year god I'm a. it's bat- like in the hundreds <laughs> i
1: you know what but i'm not doing those parks yeah yeah <laughs> that was one of the things when we were I've done in, an impressive hike couple hikes but yeah
0: we were in rocky mountain national park a uh, couple of years ago i guess it was like a year and a half ago and it was we were going to sleep and we had one can of bear mace and between us, and we sleep in hammocks, so mm. we were not sleeping together. And Sarah was like, "Hey, I want the bear mace," mm. and it like hit me. I was like, "Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that." <laughs> <laughs> and then we were going to sleep. And normally, when I go to sleep in Missouri, like I run into raccoons and possums and stuff like that. No big deal. Deer, feral hogs, that kind of stuff. No big deal i've never once seen a fair hog i saw one i saw a little like three of them run about 30 yards off into the woods it was pretty cool i'm fairly sure i've heard them Mm
1: -hmm. um i i definitely thought like somebody was like coming up to my tent to like murder me um because you don't like poke your head out and go hey what's that did you see i probably should have did
0: you see the video on instagram i I remember being pretty
1: intoxicated when i thought that i was paranoid like (laughs) in my tent That'll that's happen. A, that's, that's, a, and that's kind of our backpacking. I think when, when you're on the most beautiful mountain, that's the most 16 people are dying. Yeah. I don't think I would choose that route.
0: Well, so the funny thing is, it's like, I didn't realize that you can, so you can obviously hike, like climb up half dome, like Honold and all the big climbers do. But there's also just like a, a, a hiking trail up the backside of it to get to the top and you can go sit up top it, there's the, the weird thing about Yosemite is that, and like a lot of national parks that I've been to, you would think that there would be more safeguards in place, and there just aren't. Yeah, there's nowhere near as many rangers as you would think there are, right, and right, that's right. not the fault of the parks. Like, yeah, they only I have don't. so many staff; they have so much ground to cover. And honestly, blah, it's, blah, it's blah, your, blah. your
1: responsibility. It <laughs> is exactly. Yourself.
0: I mean, when we, <laughs> I'll tell you a story later, but w- when we were at Rocky Mountain, <laughs> like you realize. it it hit me pretty quickly that there's just a lot of places that it would be really easy to die. And when we were at Yosemite, there's even more places to die and with, Half Dome, which is like the big thing that everybody loves to go to see it at Yosemite, they only let so many people go up there a day. There's a very defined path and they literally have these giant steel spikes stuck into the rock with chains. Saying this is where you go. This is where you go and this is how you climb up because without that you wouldn't be able to get up there. And if it's wet you're just asking to die. And at the top it's literally just a slide. Mm -hmm. That's all Half Dome is. So if it's wet and you start uh, there's no There's stop. nothing to, and you're just oh now I'm dying. Oh this sucks. This is death. You just go off the edge and you're done. And it happens. Backpacking. Yeah. Club. <laughs> Backpack club <laughs> Backpack club <laughs> Um and so the very first trip that I ever went backpacking, I went to Bell Mountain with my ex girlfriend. And we were super unprepared, same thing as you. We had a gajillion pounds of gear, saws and <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Tons of water. Oh,
1: yeah. Carried saws. Carried carried, uh, hatchets.
0: Oh, yeah. Had a hatchet with me. (laughs) little one, but a a heavy hatchet. No,
1: we carried a good stone hatchet. It takes
0: you one session of trying to cut up a thick thick log with a hatchet to go, I'm never Never carrying a hatchet again again," because the amount of work. Now, if you have like an ax and you know what you're doing, it can be an efficient means of like getting some wood. But a hatchet is so much work.
1: It was, it was, it was the dumbest. So bad. It was a dead tree that we cut down. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was still fairly standing. Like mm-hmm. it had a lot of good, good wood, good green wood, <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> green wood. And we're chopped. Good soft it. And, ooh, wood. Good. Oh gosh. Four <laughs> guys going at a tree. With uh those little chainsaws. Oh, with a little too? pole, yeah. Mm-hmm. Little rope pole pull uh, guys. Pull ch- chainsaw and uh hatchets mm. for a good four
0: hour uh, three yeah. hours to Everybody just knock this thing. Everybody ended up a sweaty mess. And, and it was too big to carry anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just and, and more firewood than you could have used in six days. Yeah. Yeah. There, so
1: when yeah, go get yourself uh, some logs that are the width of your arm.
0: Snaps. Yeah. I, I, the the forearm <laughs> model is kind of the really good yeah. one to follow. Like, you're not going to have fires that burn so long that you're annoyed by them. Could Correct. burn quickly. You'll have good hot coals. Everything's right. great.
1: Stop putting. So, yeah.
0: so, we go on this trip, and I had seen some videos about Belmont. And I'd done some research. We go to the top. We get up to the very top. It's the second point, highest point in Missouri. It's supposed to be all these overviews. We get up there and it's really disappointing, and we're like, "This <laughs> sucks. We can't Missouri. see anything. Why is this?" And we're sitting there. Like, really we hear some other people. We start setting up our tent, and this guy like pops out of the woods over near the edge, and is like, "Hey, man, you you guys want to come over and share like a site near us? There's a way better view." And I was like, "Uh, um, my guess." And he shows me the site, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is what we came for. It's yeah. a beautiful overlook of." of- <laughs> Mountain. A, yeah, and so we get all of our stuff we move over there we're hanging out we cook a dinner we're having fun we go to sleep we're laying in the tent and all of, it's like 8 30 at night it's dark and probably sometime in the fall i think and all of a sudden you just hear pop 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 and you just oh gunfire awesome and they're 25 feet, 20, like they're probably like 50 feet, 60 feet away. And like you could see them through the trees. State park, right? It's a wilderness, it's a state wilderness area. Okay. So it's not, it's legal. Oh, no, it's super illegal what they were doing. Gotcha. First of all, firing your weapon just off, and what they were doing is literally at the edge of the cliff just standing at an arc and just emptying a clip of 45 no the worst most dangerous thing you can do with a gun short of just pointing it straight at somebody what and i literally hear pop 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 and then you hear whoo and then i kid you not you heard uh. troy take it easy and just come have another shot of fireball <sighs> And I was I was literally laying in the tank. Going, well, what this, else were you thinking I'm what's happening? Oh. I was literally going to go. Well, I'm going to die. Today. You didn't think alcohol was involved in that? I knew that they were doing Damn. some drinking, but like when you're backpacking, you don't really anticipate that they have a bunch of booze. Because most backpackers like are semi weight conscious. I carry. So yeah, you absolutely. might bring a pint, mm-hmm. but you're not going to bring like a fifth of booze into the woods right most people we carry
1: these people did so here's our um our setup yeah i'm going to talk about my alcohol setup
0: okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is a category of gear i don't often go down i like this this is new this is exactly how we pack alcohol okay um each person uh everyone brings a bottle of wine but okay. b- by a bottle of wine you, you can buy a bottle and then you'll put it in a plastic container package okay you're repackaging it so that it's a lot lighter um you're taking your glass containers and you're you're getting rid of them yeah now if you decided to bring a pint you know you can buy those in plastic or what have you <clears throat> but um typically everyone has a bottle of wine okay um
0: that's a lot for a A bottle of wine is heavy yes yes and then even without the glass it's still even in plastic packaging it's still heavy
1: um i mean it's it's a quart or it's it's a half or it's a gosh it's a pint (laughs) yeah it's close to a quart it's a pint it's a quart It's, it's a quart it's a gallon no it, 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 it ends up being a quart, <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're carrying
0: an extra quart of liquor. Or uh, I would of picture water. it as uh, about three quarters of a Nalgene bottle. Yeah, is exactly what it is. I think yeah, seven hundred and fifty liters. Yeah, right. 750 that's a milliliters. bottle. Milliliters, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's half. Three quarters of a Nalgene bottle. <laughs> Correct.
1: So you're carrying that much liquid, mm-hmm. um, and then each of us usually or someone th- brings in a, another. You know, pint of shot, and and so we'll drink the wine, and then we'll pass around.
0: And are you going with uh, uh, typically red wines, white wine? Oh, absolutely, all red wines. Yeah, it's red. Okay,
1: that's that's kind of like the wilderness drink. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're 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 gonna get cool. You want to have a nice.
0: What kind of? uh, You want to have a nice
1: red wine. What kind of red? Next to the fire.
0: You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just like sitting at home, but you're in front of a fire. And do you go yeah. straight out of the bag? Do you go into your coffee cup? What you, what kind of uh, so vessel? I mean,
1: most people. All right, so um, Schnucks uh, or any local grocery store, mm-hmm. Walmart especially, um, they all have those bottles of wine that are in those. Collapsible containers, crushable yeah. containers. Yeah. Um, you would most likely, unless you're needing to share it for some reason, you, you would just pull straight out of the so bottle. So
0: you're going with kind of the Boda box, not the not the, the no, not like a three bottle. Correct. No. You're going with the small kind two of, of two of those. Gotcha. Of those. So it's the 350 mil small guys. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I think Black Box makes those. And do there's a couple of, of these brands. <laughs> I know many things, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got into a, I used to do a lot of like free picnics in or free uh, concerts in the park. That was kind of my summer thing for like two or three summers. And so I explored a lot of the kind of mobile alcohol, appetizers, can be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of cooler slash wagon friendly foods and drinks. Sure. So we explored a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Explored a lot of those options. Pre-mixed cocktails, stuff like that. Yeah, so that, that would include, and that's how that's
1: enough to get somebody drunk. Oh, yeah, for sure. But not too crazy, enough that you'll be able to wake up and pack out.
0: Yeah, that's always the hesitation for me. Like, I'm a scotch guy. I do like a good scotch when I'm um, here at the house, and part of me always wants to bring, I like, a flask of scotch, but I'm always worried about the next day and being, like, having a headache, being hungover, dehydrated, stuff like that.
1: You're right, and um, you you want to avoid that, but at the same time, yeah, just take your water, pace yourself. Yeah, don't don't uh, try to kill it. You yeah. know, um, be yeah, have a good time, and that's how we loosen up. You know, you, you just put in a lot of stress on your body, you can loosen up those muscles a little bit <laughs> by having a uh, whole bottle of wine <laughs> and uh, shots of fireball. Just hammer typically. a
0: bottle of wine and oh, take some really fireball.
1: Really funny story. We uh, somebody brought. Um, Little shooters, yeah. Um, That's another really great thing to bring. Yeah, just the little airplane bottles. They're all, and you can say, "Hey, I brought six of them, two for each buddy." Yeah, that's a smart move. Um, Then everyone loves you. Yeah, popular. Um, We were. It was. uh, Oh, it had to be winter. So, it, it had to be November, December, maybe January. So, winter uh snows on the ground. Um but it had just recently started to melt. So we I believe we had probably twelve inches or less <clears throat> and it's starting to melt. Great, you know, except for your boots get all wet and cold and you're wet and cold, but it was the perfect somebody brought Jaeger. Jaeger is not good warm.
0: No. And it's usually not.
1: whenever you're drinking and that's the other reason red wine's best, right? It's gonna be warm. Yeah. Um so what what alcohols can you drink warm? Yeah. And uh, Jaeger is not one of those. No,
0: it's not typically good warm.
1: So we just used the uh, snow as a cooler. Yeah. We just popped all of our alcohol in there, and gosh, was it fresh
0: and cold. Yeah, that's a neat move. And dandy. That was really nice. That's a neat move. That's the one thing that I haven't really had to do that... I want to do more, I want to figure out more opportunities to do some like legitimate snow camping. There's, you know, in St. Louis or Missouri in general, we get snow, but then it melts quickly and you kind of get this slush and kind of nasty slop that you have to go out in. Uh, I do want to do some like either Michigan or Wisconsin, some kind of northern stuff, hopefully this year. Um, There's a a hammock forums group in, I want to say it's either finley minnesota or ely minnesota or something like way up north uh that they do a group hang every year december january ish uh and the temperatures get into the negative 30s, negative 40s. Mm. Uh, and I mean, it's like huge preparation, but they have a dude that has like a World War II style parachute mm-hmm. that they hang in a tree and then they light a fire underneath it and it basically creates like a room of heat. Oh, sure. Uh, pretty smart idea. That's really ingenious. Yeah, smart, smart move. Holy moly. There's some weirdos that cam at camp, but there's also oh, some yeah. like kind of weird backcountry engineers oh, that, yeah, that would be really come neat. up with some clever ideas. It sounds like an interesting group. Yeah. Because
1: yeah, you would get those guys who shoot guns off into the air
0: yeah although I think that this is like a pretty <sighs> conscious group of like doing it the right way kind mm. of I mean this isn't like a, a redneck group gotcha um, it's it's kind of the hardcore hammockers that have gone like so far as to figure out a way to be able to do it in the in, negative in You're right. that's true takes kind of a different type of person um and it also takes a, a whole nother level of gear that most people are never really going to have a reason to acquire or mm. or, go, or invest in but we'll see um the fact that sarah has her own set of quilts and i can duplicate with hers makes yeah I've, i was wondering why when you world. said that
1: you were sleeping separate um earlier right was that yeah. the same yeah yeah um that you didn't combine i mean you got double hammocks I don't know if you own one of those.
0: Yeah, so we don't have a double hand like we, we so the double width hammocks are more comfortable for one person, but trying to put two people in one hammock is a complete and total disaster. Mm. I've tried it before. Any movement. Any movement and it's just there's no good way to get comfortable. Now they make there's a company out there called. There's a few brands that do this, but I'm going to highlight one that I've had a lot of you know happiness and success and good service with. Uh, there's a company called Dutchware that makes a lot of this like weird, kind of uh, niche, uh, weirdo, super into the kind of nitty gritty details type hammock stuff, and he makes all the little like titanium yeah, pieces yeah, that yeah. replace carabiners. That's what you were showing me, and all kinds of stuff. I'll show you a bunch of stuff later, yeah. but. He makes a, a new hammock called the Chameleon. I, it's probably been out for about a year now. And they're not cheap. I mean, they're. I mean, if you really trick them out, they're like three hundo. Um, but it's one of those things that you'd buy one and you'd have it for 20 that's years. That's just the hammock setup? That's just the hammock. Oh. But that is... My whole setup cost me $45. Exactly, right? So what it is, is it's a hammock. It has a removable bug net. That bug net can be taken completely off. You can so, you can zip on a top layer, and that seals the whole thing in for winter months. And then you have like a mesh vent right here by your face. So it vents. You can it's got a special um, now you can buy the suspension separately, but it's got a suspension on it called the beetle buckles, and it naturally has a thing where you. Um, can stick like a spreader bar between you and the hammock next to you at the head end. Yeah. So you can hang two hammocks from one set of trees. You hang both feet next to each other, and then this spreader, when you hang both the heads next to each other, Sure, but then this spreader bar pushes the two of your heads apart far enough so that, that there bumping. creates a, a gap in the middle so it doesn't A, compress your under quilts next They're, to each other right. and you don't bump into each other now. The one downside, well, I think there's a few, but the big downside is that when you get into your hammock at night, the other person's gonna <laughs> shoot up in the air down or you know, like it's gonna affect them, <laughs> yeah, right? Baby, baby, baby. It's a teeter totter sure, essentially. Sure, sure. If you get up to pee, they're gonna move quite a bit, right? They're gonna all of a sudden gain a lot shift. Of, of, of shift. So Sarah and I have talked a lot about it, like at 300 bucks a piece, For two people, I mean, you're talking about a major investment, but one of the things that's kind of cool is that they've got all these modular pieces. So if you have two of them, they have a bug net that sews into the top of two of them. So then you can pass stuff back and forth between you in a sealed in two person pod. So there's all these like different ways you can configure it. And it's really sold on being modular. Mm -hmm that you can really like go crazy with whatever you and, want and pick whatever you want and do it. And you can pick the color of the stitching that they use for the, the seams, stuff like that. Like they can really go all and beyond. You can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes. Exactly. Do you need that? The question is, does anybody need that? No,
1: I mean, I, yeah, but, I guess but they but they make, if you're going to spend,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, if this is your thing, the and, custom built, it's better than going to the yeah, casino and it's sure. better than having an alcohol problem. Yeah. So, uh, and, and,
1: and yeah, I mean, it's a hobby that's worth it. You're, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean,
0: so it it, was, if you like it, that's it's what one you're... of those things that like, if you're, if you're going to that, that trip in like Northern Minnesota, you're into those kinds of like setups and you're getting that kind of thing and you've got special quilts and all that kind of stuff. So for Sarah and I, we've chosen just from a a sleeping standpoint. Like we both get up to pee enough and disturb each other enough that it's we nuts. just choose a little bit of distance. We want to be close enough that we can talk, talk. to each other and hear each other. Yeah. That's but the big thing far enough <laughs> away that, that we can. So, not uh, bother. so in your, uh, in your career as a, as a home inspector, oh, do you ever come I across see that sheets of Tyvek anywhere?
1: Oh, not Tyvek. Okay. I don't think it's Tyvek. I mean, I don't see why. I wouldn't. Honestly, I bet you I've seen and just didn't think, oh, that's Tyvek. So I would love Tyvek.
0: The, 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 so <clears throat> the vapor barrier that yeah, they it's use, course, right, or uh, the is really, really good ground sheets. They sell it on some of the camping websites and the stuff's expensive uh, because it comes in these huge rolls. Right, and so are you going to go buy a two hundred foot roll of Tyvek no. for a six foot by eight foot ground go to, sheet, or contact
1: your local constructor and say
0: what's left? Exactly, right? And go to the house that's
1: being built. Go to those condos. And exactly, say, hey,
0: but but a lot of people would rather I will just give you go, twenty
1: bucks to cut me off a sheet. Well, of it. and so
0: that's the thing, though, is that. What I want to find is the dude that's just looking to get rid of all those old sheets mm-hmm. and tell me, hey, man, come to my site and take all the Tyvek that you want and get free inventory because and everybody is buying them. six foot by nine foot ground sheets for 20 bucks out of Tyvek. Mm-hmm. And if you were buying it by the roll, it's way cheaper than that. But if you were getting it for free, it'd be even better. Gosh. Uh because oh, I just I just bought two of them. You bought the rolls? I bought, no, I didn't buy two rolls. Oh, I bought, bought two the... from like a vendor online. And it just says Tyvek on it? Oh, it is Tyvek. I mean, it's 100%. They literally sell you. Tyvek. We're going to sell you Tyvek. I have two sheets of it in the basement.
1: This cut six yeah, by just, nine sheet.
0: Yeah. Huh. 20 bucks
1: a piece. Could... I guess you could use it for any of the va- uh, barriers too. I mean, oh, you yeah. could,
0: you could inevitably. You could make a tarp out of it. Mm-hmm. Although the one downside to it is that in big sizes, it doesn't compress down very well. It doesn't crinkle into a tight ball. Like, okay, uh, like cell nylon or yeah. cell poly, or ultimately, what we all want is Cuban fiber. Uh, <laughs> This is where you have you even seen that stuff i, I so
1: i i I love that is a thing, yeah, um, it'll never be not that it won't be my thing, maybe I just can't afford it and I and I've come to the realization that i i buy what
0: is necessary to be the least uncomfortable uncomfortable you are it was fascinating so going back to this trip right that you and i went on together um we found our campsite the first night all bedded down and no one kind of really knew what was going on we all just kind of went to sleep and then started to kind of figure stuff out the next day you had your you brought your dog gus brought his dog yes Uh, your dog was sleeping on the ground and was a little uncomfortable and so you decided to sleep on the ground the second night with your sure. dog. Uh huh. Um, now you didn't you brought like a sleeping bag, but didn't have any like insulation underneath you per se. I think you had like a pad, didn't you? Correct. Okay. I went for the pad. I wasn't this was my first rodeo hammock. with a hammock. Yeah. That was your first rodeo with a hammock. Um I
1: think I'd done it at uh some campsites. Okay. And but I never like slept over all night in. It. Gotcha. Um so you learned yeah.
0: pretty quickly the the th- yeah. pains of the convection that happens underneath and I, you and with I, a pad. well
1: I, you know what i think it was the second time it was either the first or second time okay um and i've done it twice with barley and then i was like yeah this isn't gonna work um and so the third or fourth time is when i decided to yeah get an underquilt. yeah the underquilt was Life changing. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, and and exactly. So, how uncomfortable can I be for a certain amount of time? Yeah, before I'm like, okay, yeah, buck up, bro, buck up, um, and get what you want. If you if that's really what you want to do, then yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, certain friends of mine that come with us and and, they're just not there, or it's not enough time for them to go and buy an underquilt. Yeah, and and then again, I'm like, all right, now. I'm going to buy the most utility under quilt that I can find one that's not just designed for an under quilt, but designed to do other things just in case. Sure. Um, for instance, the under quilt can zip in to be a hammock. Now I'm sure all of them can, or not a hammock, but a, um, sleeping bag, A sleeping bag. Gotcha. And and I guess, yeah, which ones couldn't do that In, in a, in a pinch. But, um, and it's got some other. I can
0: tell you, mine was really expensive, and mine can't do that. Oh, here we go.
1: <laughs> what is mine's uh, the blue gorilla? Something gorilla. Okay. And and yeah, the first night I was like, "What is yours rated down to?" Uh thirty degrees. Thirty degrees.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how how low have you slept so far down to? I.
1: Uh, <laughs> 50, I, I think they said that it got down to f- uh, 45 or 50.
0: Okay, so even if it was down to 45, you still had quite a bit of room. Yes, I left. was comfortable. You that, were, was, you that was, was comfortable. probably the
1: best night of sleeping I've ever had and then, on, in, so
0: in, in a park. did it yeah. go? Does it purely go underneath, or does it also come over the top? Or do, what did you bring to go over the top? What, did you, what was your full setup?
1: It uh, was the uh, underquilt and then a sleeping bag. Gotcha. Um, and, and I have a Kelty fly that That goes over the top that I can get as low and as I need to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was comfortable. My, my sleeping bags, a 17 degree bag. Nice. So I literally just had that over the top of me Yeah. and then the under quilt below me. And then the perfect setup was with the dog because the dog was underneath the hand. She was warm. Yeah. And as long as she's warm, I'm warm. And a lot of times she's too warm.
0: Now, what would you have done? What would you do with her if it had gotten colder? Would you bring her into the hammock with you? Does that, is that comfortable for you? That's what happened. Oh,
1: you did? Yeah. Yeah. She was in the, yeah, she was in the hammock with me for, for several, for several, (laughs) several hours. Gotcha. The other time she was with my wife in in the tent. Oh, it was comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, And how much does your dog weigh? 40, no, 50 pounds. Okay. Yeah. 50. So hefty, and not a small she
0: on, on you or is she off to the side? How she, does she, sleeps, sleep?
1: she sleeps either to my uh, side or below my legs.
0: Believe, gotcha. Kind of down in, in that crevice there, between with the legs. her head looking up at oh, me. Oh, does she really? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: We do that every night though. That's oh, just how really? we sleep.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. So that's By kind of a kind natural thing for her. Kind of.
1: Uh, oh my gosh. So the first time we ever went, uh, backpacking with her she immediately took to it yeah she's a 50 pound um they, they described her as a german shepherd vishla mix sure which is those like red colored ones uh, uh shepherd dogs yeah um if you don't know what they are uh, but she's obviously got some pit mix or some some other mixes she's just her. a fun,
0: good dog exactly
1: she's she's one of the best dogs i've ever seen she's great so just took to it but at night she was i could see her shaking obviously visibly shaking yeah she was cold she doesn't have a thick coat it's a really thin coat um and then i let her underneath the blanket with me and she has never not tried to get under that blanket <laughs> again though every single night for the rest of our lives she is burrowing her nose underneath uh the, the, the blanket gotcha um next to me next to my wife um, And so forth, and and we love it. Yeah. But she's also a really good dog enough for us to just say out, yeah, off, and she'll get off. Yeah, and, that's how we go are. to uh, go to her bed.
0: So we take uh, two of our dogs. We have three dogs, but one's an English bulldog that's very old and uh, doesn't do a lot of hiking. Who is oh my he's god, adorable. he's adorable. He's uh, I took him on one oh, man. camping trip. <laughs> In (laughs) southern Missouri. I took him to the Missouri Whitewater Rafting Championships uh, when he was about eight-ish. I've got... Where... It's awesome. I, why don't we just hang
1: out? We like, will do. You just like think of like yes. Let, let's go to um, Hundred Acre Wood. Like yeah. that. I've done that. That was great. Down, down.
0: You, know? uh, you just go camp. Yeah. There's um, there, there's, there's so much stuff, stuff, to stuff to down do. there. And I there's a chance that I'm also acquiring an RV uh, later on. Uh, you can also just like tilt it up this way. That's good. If you want, I think that was fun. Um, but uh, I am potentially acquiring an RV which may like open up like, Hello,
1: <laughs> how are you?
0: Uh, I may be acquiring an RV which is going to like open up a larger spectrum of Possibilities for trips and things like uh, Red River Gorge in Kentucky and maybe the Linville Gorge down in the Smoky Mountains. That's one of the things that I really want to go do. Um, but just like a 12 hour drive to then start a camping trip seems Here's like thing. a bummer. But if we had like four guys that all took an RV and like took turns, right? Like sure. that could be a, a fun trip yeah, in itself. So, anyway, um, they, you know, I take two of our dogs. Um, I take. Our dog Hank and I take our dog Yozy uh, backpacking. And Hank is our, our like 9, 10, 11 year old, um, <laughs> we think, 9 ish year old uh, Yellow Lab. And then we have a 2 ish, two and a half, three 3 something year old Australian Shepherd. And Yozy typically sleeps on the ground, on a ground sheet. And then I have a section, she's the shepherd. Yeah. She's like 45 pounds. She's got fairly thin kind of hair, but there's like, it's soft and there's enough of it. Um, But she's not like a thick furred dog. She's a doll. Yeah, she's, she's a great little dog. Um, And so she will typically start off underneath me on the ground. And I bring some sort of plastic ground sheet, and then I always have like a half of a folding foam, like Walmart ground pad. Uh, not the the kind of circular ones, but the ones that kind of fold accordion style. Uh, I always have like a half of one of those that I cut in half from Walmart. Yeah, so
1: that was the idea. If yeah. she got out of the uh, out of the hammock, that, mm-hmm. that I would put that on the ground. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I had that, and then I bring um, Costco makes these great. down blankets that are about you've told me about these they're just I too to, small to use as a blanket you need double two them of up, them
1: or, and then and sew cut them together cut couple, yeah yeah there, and there's
0: to. there's a whole community oh my God, I'm gonna, of I'll just have. down quilt people that there's literally if you go into hammock forums or a bunch of different Facebook groups and you look up Costco down throw quilt there's like a gajillion patterns and, and styles of different quilts that people make and sew corners and foot boxes for like over quilts and and sew all kinds of channels into them for under quilts. I'm thinking <laughs> my thin.
1: mother-in-law would be the perfect person oh, if perfect. I was just like, hey, you want to be a, you want to give me a present, yep. and like change my life, yep. like for the better. Go buy it's just three like, of those. I w- if you sixty dollar quilt, dude. Do, and she loves to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like for Halloween a couple of years ago, she made uh, Denise the shit emoji no joke or her uh, costume no and joke the whole and it worked and i mean like we're grown adult people this was a big <laughs> like a thing
0: she really went all out uh, yeah. yeah
1: and it was filled with cotton so yeah. it was like a She'd big shit for emoji this yeah so there's a
0: whole series of youtube videos there's how-to tutorials there's blueprints online there's i mean this is like a whole community of people that take these costco quilts and make camping stuff out of them It's pretty awesome. Uh, So I bring one of those things. They're really light. They're really compressible. They weigh just about... 12 ounces i think and so um i'll stick
1: not they're nylon yeah, they're
0: not heavy they're that's a really you know easy nylon they brush dirt and stuff off of them they're not waterproof in any way shape or right. form but it's just enough to put on top of her to like cut the wind cut the cold and let her like use her natural dogness yeah. to be warm True. now at any Dog. point dogness <laughs> dogness uh <laughs> superpower so it but at any point below about 45 i would say she will basically wake up and i will feel her at the edge of the hammock grab her by the body pull her in throw her under my quilt and then she'll fall back asleep and we're good to go for the rest of the night Mm. but you know a lot there'll be a lot of nights that she'll stay on the ground completely fine Uh, i keep her tied up i've got like a piece of paracord that I carry that's got loops and carabiners so I just tire to whatever tree I'm hanging from on my hammock just with like a pull. 25 foot piece of rope so that way if she wants to get up in the middle of the night and pee she can do not that and not sleep in it yeah Um, and, and she's got a little bit of freedom and you know, one of the things that she does naturally, she's a protector, she'll sit there and growl or bark at anything that's coming around. Mm -hmm. And I want her to have like a little bit of room to move true without into you know, and waking you up every time she does so, or at the same time, like if something big should come into camp, I want her to have at least enough room to like, get out of the way, move, Mm. be active without just being like, Oh, Oh, I'm I'm an appetizer right here (laughs) sitting for you. Mm. Uh, which speaking of which I'll show show you this later but there's are um, having appetizers there's a <laughs> people appetizers uh, uh, there's a video talks. that a real significant bow hunter uh reposted recently of some other guy and he's in uh some park in alaska and he pulls back the flap of his tent and there's just the biggest grizzly bear you've ever seen in your life just munching grass outside of it his could have been a pub and it would have been the biggest it's the size of a Volkswagen oh he took a picture of it video Oh, and it is
1: so enormous <laughs> oh so I thought he was just describing just no. the
0: gotcha no it is absolutely terrifying when you think about like oh if that thing came absolutely not a thing i could do destroyed you're just 100 percent you are me. this can with no liquid in it to you and me just mm. crush done zero resistance whatsoever it's absolutely fascinating uh and, and then i'll show you some videos later but um, you want to queue them up. Yeah, there's some. I need to do that. I need to have like <laughs> better production things, quality on things this. Things that
1: you're like, hey, Dude, we this might consider this. Is what
0: you'd wake up to. That's the view that's out your the tent. View. That's the.
1: That's yeah. the bear. Yeah, that's the view. And he captured it and had the balls yeah. and a half. Yeah, uh, three and a
0: half balls. Yeah, the size <laughs> of peaches. <laughs> I mean, just huge. To. I mean, what else are you gonna do, so right? Like, there's nothing Adam. you can do at that tree. point. That's the guy that reposted oh, some okay. other guy's
1: video. This is why I never
0: ever sleep in. I mean, and I'm hungry early. That's. I mean, that thing is the size of a Volkswagen, a Beetle. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And
1: just pure muscle. You can see. I mean, like, there's a large tree next to it. Oh yeah. And it's just. I mean, that thing's neck is our our torso. It's the full size of the path that it's on um, that these guys are. That
0: thing's four feet wide and and literally a thousand pounds of muscle. Yeah. He could do some damage. Oh, just immediate. Just a little bit. Dunzo. Holy moly. So that poor dog. (laughs) And that's, that's like my theory is like, Give at least a little bit of duck, dodge, dive, dip, and dodge capability. Um, we, you know, we are starting to see some but then the- increase in the bear population in Missouri. Yeah, I heard about um, that. I don't know one. if you saw that one out in Baldwin. Yeah, that was
1: I. So, I've had what I believe was a sighting. Okay, now this sounds like. Uh, You know, I'm kind of crazy, but I think people have sightings that they're like, hey, I wonder if that was that, you know, I I honestly don't know whether it was a bobcat in the middle of the day, which is why this is strange, right? Middle of the day, a big black thing runs through the corner of my eye. Okay, Uh, where were you at again? Oh, um, I'm in Southern Missouri, obviously. That's, that's, let's just... This, unless it's and you're Colorado. And you driving or camping? We're camping. Right. Okay. We are backpacking. Okay. Um, No, we were just camping. So
0: possible, then.
1: Yeah, absolutely possible. Uh, In the back corner of my eye, I see a black thing, and I mean, it could have been something smaller, but it it, it appeared big, it was about 100 yards away, or 200 yards away, so I would have assumed that it would have been pretty big, Yeah. um, if that's something that caught my eye. So bobcat in the middle of the day, or a bear, were the only two choices that I gave myself.
0: Yeah. Different shape, different size, but, I mean, you know. Moving if, as quickly as it did. One of the things that I have been astounded by yeah, recently. Obviously different size. Is just more and more I look into bears. I'm just fascinated by bears. And I see this footage of grizzly bears, like, either going after a deer. And the speed that they can cover ground in open territory is just astounding shit. I was. I would
1: bet in in the woods where those people were, oh. that was clear enough that that t- that bear could get up. To oh yeah, thirty and miles shimmy up what's a tree. The, what's, so you are into them. I would assume you know stats about them. I
0: mean, I know that they can run in the range of thirty to forty miles an hour in short bursts, at nearly a thousand pounds. I mean. That is just I mean Revenant it, it's just Revenant. Just absolute pure killing power. And so one of the things that's really interesting, right? I have these conversations a lot with my girlfriend. My girlfriend is a veterinary nurse vet veterinary technician vet tech whatever you want to call. You guys um, have so much cooler jobs than me. I don't think we have that cooler jobs. I'll tell you what. I think every job I do have has a pretty cool, job at the times, cool part of what it sounds like sure, and sure, then sure. the rest of it that's just shit that yeah. we all kind grind through yeah, every right. day. Right? I, yeah, true. We can all make it sound cool we can all make it sound terrible so i deal with tyvek all day every day (laughs) exactly right uh i found found as a marketing consultant i make a lot of powerpoints and build a lot of spreadsheets like that's a lot i I stuff name badges before events like there's a lot of boring shit so um one of the things that i've you but know, she's just vet. become Yeah, so right. so we have a lot of conversations about I have this, I've never hunted, I've never been a hunter, uh, but same. it's some, It's a pursuit that interests me. Agreed. I think that's exactly why we
1: kind of meshed. Yeah. You're like, when I'm like, hey, I've tried whittling, you're like, <laughs> I've, tried I've whittling. also
0: <laughs> tried whittling. I did that when I was in college, actually. <laughs>
1: I've tried
0: playing the harmonica. I have also tried playing the (laughs) harmonica. (laughs) So... all of these things and there's like certain types of hunting that I want to do exactly and it's very much that connection to your the meat that you're eating and you know the way that you're getting your food and that whole process of the the thing I I like that whole idea
1: right I see where this is going you want to uh, choke out a bear
0: I really want to slit a bear's throat (laughs) no Uh, in the exact opposite right I really believe in that human. Humane killing technique, and that it's all about making sure that you are showing respect to the animal and, and blah, blah, blah. So, and I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but you get what I'm saying. So, Sarah and I have had all these conversations because Sarah obviously has a real passion for animals, but she's also not like a, you know, vegetarian or a a vegan that says, you know, morally, you're not allowed to eat any of those things. She, she's a carnivore. She eats meat, all those things. She draws the line at certain things. Like she doesn't eat veal. She doesn't eat lamb. She doesn't like babies being food. So she goes, I'm not going to do those things. You well, can she do eat what eggs. you want. Yes. She eats eggs, but that's before there's all process. Uh, there. okay. uh-huh. uh, so I, anyway. I, I like
1: poking holes in people's of course, logic. Of kind. course.
0: So she has this line of what I'm allowed to hunt and what I'm not. And essentially what I'm allowed to hunt in her mind is hooved animals, elk, moose, deer, pigs, Goat, you know, I don't know goats, but maybe like mountain goats, who knows? Yeah, they're all things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But things with paws, cats, bears, things like that, off limits. Doesn't matter that the reason that we hunt those two things is exactly the same. We hunt those things for population control. Like that's why we're allowed to hunt those things, regardless of meat we're allowed to hunt them because there's too many of them and they breed
1: too quickly and they
0: breed too quickly and we know that by thinning the herd it allows for a healthier healthier overall population new life to come in new young bears new young animals new young cats whatever to come in and thrive and grow to older age and then they get thinned out as well and I believe, and I'm not saying that she's wrong in saying this is what you're allowed to do. I'm not saying she's wrong the way that she feels. What I believe is that a lot of that is the disnification of certain types of animals. Like if you so if really there were a see, movie
1: like Bambi, you don't think that that would disnify? Uh, uh,
0: I don't think that. So I think so Bambi, Bambi is was different. The, gotcha. A, you're talking about babies right versus mm, actual full, you don't see a grown movie men. about yeah. this full-grown male deer yeah. um and on top of that we see these movies about winnie the pooh and oh, Blue And Honestly, have right? you seen the for winnie the pooh <laughs> i have seen some of the little like t- teensy teaser first of previews, all these yeah winnie is terrifying
1: yeah. but all of the other animals Oh, it just looks sweet. Is my my favorite was Eeyore.
0: My dog Hank is like Eeyore. Yeah, that's how he yeah, looks yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and he's always <laughs>
1: just saying the, like, "I, I wish okay. you we were here right now." <laughs> okay, if that's really what you want
0: to do. Okay, all, all right, Piglet. Um, so <laughs> what an odd direction that's gone, <laughs> but all but right. the the belief that these bears are these cuddly, cozy things. you know we look at these cubs and we look at a bear as it walks across a path slowly. but when you actually see a bear in action, they're a vicious killing monster of an animal. And for some reason we're just like, oh they're cuddly and cozy and mm. we can't kill them. I'm not saying that she's wrong. It's just interesting that we've placed like certain animals in certain categories and certain animals in other categories, when they all fall into the same like ecosphere.
1: So she wouldn't allow you, let's say, to go can't uh, go um, rabbits.
0: Uh, rabbits or feral pigs. Uh, feral pigs are fine; those are hooved.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah. So
0: raccoon. Uh, probably squirrel. not happy about raccoons. Squirrels, squirrel, probably not mad about because there's just like a good j- bajillion <laughs> of them. Uh, and in and her also, mind. yeah, they're yeah, yeah. They, uh, but, again, uh, we 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 separate those into one category. We put those in a completely different category than big cats. Yeah. Well, right, right. Two different things. Uh,
1: well, I was going to say, does it have anything to do with also? extinctions um or or endangered lists okay but what about bears have been on endangered lists all the time yeah, and but and you, when you they get out never of, be able, which to is hunt why them. in like uh, alaska they can certain for for a very short time right or if it's attacking them they kill it they can keep it
0: oh you can kill a whole mess of bears in alaska Like you can hunt bears year round. No, I didn't think. Oh, yeah. Okay. They have so many bears in Alaska that it's basically open season. And I mean, don't. I'm not a hunting expert. Do not take this as gospel. (laughs) Go ahead. I am. This is bro science and a half. Okay. But I am of the strong belief that the vast majority of the bear hunting that happens in the United States, both lower 48 and continental whatever or the extended into alaska the vast majority of the bear hunting that happens is in montana alaska wyoming oregon and probably like idaho i think that's like Mm -hmm. where the vast majority of the bear hunting that happens and some in colorado Uh, but that's all black bear uh, but grizzly is all up in the Yukon yeah, North. Right. So Alaska, yeah, it's they on alive. like Donkey Kong. <laughs> you can hunt bears there like crazy. There you go. Because, they, I mean, uh, there's... The only reason you're allowed to get a hunting tag is because there are too many. Right. And that's been studied, and, and they don't just go, hey, uh, we think you there's a bunch be able of bears around here. There yeah, are studies and ecological experts that are saying... This is how many bears there are. This is how many this population or this land can support. This is how much could be moved. This is how much could be influenced, and this is how much needs to be thinned. But certain things are more fun than others. Yeah, I mean, sure, I don't I don't want to go hunt something that just sits still and does nothing. I don't see any sport in that. <laughs> how do you that. think you're gonna cut its neck? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jump from the trees. Um stalk it like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I have a friend. And, uh, in Predator. Predator. I have a friend named Jason, and he was episode number two of the podcast. He's like one of my best friends. He's a really good guy. Uh, Jason decided we both follow a couple of bow hunters on Instagram, and we've gotten to like really like these guys. A uh, dude named Cameron Haynes, a guy named Adam Greentree, the guy that brought up uh-huh. this, and a couple of others. Uh, all of them introduced to us from Joe Rogan's podcast. They're all buddies of Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan does a lot of bow hunting now. So, I have seen his show. Yeah. so Or he, he was on a
1: hunting show.
0: Yeah. He's, I he's, saw it. There's a bunch of uh, Under Armour has like a whole yes. hunting line. Yes. Now he's done some of those yes. and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he um, has introduced us to some of these other guys. We follow some of those guys. And Jason really got into this idea of bow hunting. And the whole thing behind bow hunting that we both really dig is that It's way more, it's the difference between fly fishing and dropping a bobber at a lake. It's the pursuit of crossing land, moving through water, finding the fishing hole, figuring out the fly. It's a much more intricate process, and really, it becomes more about the stalk, then it does become the kill, right? The kill is the final moment, but the whole hunting experience is getting within 40 yards of an animal that is designed to avoid you. Right. That's the challenge and the reverence for the animal to basically say, unless I can do that, I don't deserve it, right? that we both kind of got behind. So Jason goes, I'm gonna buy a bow this year and I'm gonna kill my first year. <laughs> and he was, it was like June and season starts S- in like October and he doesn't own a piece of camouflage clothing. And I guess for both, do
1: you really have to go get a license? Do oh you have yeah. to? Uh, you oh still, yeah, it's a very
0: to... restricted, very regulated, thing and well i knew that it was regulated
1: i just didn't think that you had to take as much like courses in you don't gun safety no you don't have to
0: well you don't uh, have to do shit for gun safety exactly so
1: i'm sure you don't don't have to do anything (laughs) you really don't yeah i thought you did no to get your hunting license you have to take at least the class first right no no, I love Missouri. No, and get a for a some eight. for certain reasons, I, lo- I love Missouri. No, get I love their backpacking. <laughs> I love their. I, I love the feel. I love the fall, and I love that you don't have to do shit. Oh, you know what else I love is that the the uh, alcohol level. Like you can just be kind of t- tipsy and just be okay and yeah, let go. It's okay. Um, <laughs> And then I also love the lacks of
0: gun control. Well, so I, and again, I'm not a hunting expert. I had a guy on my yeah, podcast last one. Yeah. We're going to get blasted. Um, but all 12 people that listen to me, but um, you guys don't know shit. Exactly. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. That's why we're talking I, about it like this. Hopefully people will write in and we tell me that we're wrong. No, Yeah. Thank you. So I want to know the reality. So the deal, I think that I've, I've kind of come to understand is that basically the things that you, You need to apply for licenses and take classes for are if you want to have a concealed weapon and you want to be able to go wherever you want outside of like schools and government facilities and and post offices and things like that, then you need to. Take a class and pass an exam, the concealed carry class, because even now the the law is opened up, each municipality gets to enforce its own rules. So you can drive from one town to the next in St. Louis and get in trouble, even though the statewide law says that you can just basically carry like a cowboy, Uh, which when you drive through the United States, if you ever do, if you drive through states that have open carry, it is a weird thing. and i'm a i'm a i'm a pro i'm a fairly pro-gun guy um You know, I I definitely believe in, like, certain amounts of regulation and and certain amounts of, like, we should have probably a lot of of rules behind, you know, what you need to do before you are deemed safe with a firearm, Um, you know, and how that gets enforced. Who knows? We'll see. But I do believe that we should be looking at a lot of those things. But here's the deal. When it comes to rifles and shotguns, there's basically nothing standing in your way from just acquiring one of those and then going out and killing a deer.
1: But you still have to have a license to kill the deer. You, you have and, to
0: get a tag, which essentially says, I know how to how follow the rules. A, and I know
1: how to not kill other people.
0: Exactly. And it's more about, I know how to identify what is an animal and what is not. But Missouri
1: offers courses oh, yeah, of course, regarding of all course. the safety. And I 100% so
0: believe I that's what people you, should deer
1: do. you we're not exactly sure, but we do believe that uh, that's the case. You do not yeah. need to take a course.
0: I do not believe that you have to take a course to go out and shoot a deer. I do not believe you do. That's what I understand. Huh. So, because I, one of the big things that I believe is that, especially if you grow up with land, I feel like a lot of people die hunting. I think less people than you. I, I think the people that die hunting are the people that are idiots <laughs> that are too drunk and they're with their buddies and they're doing stupid shit, yeah. not real hunters. Like real real hunters, first of all, to think that you could shoot a human instead of a deer when you have to identify whether that deer has horns yeah. or whether it doesn't, and sure, you should be really focusing on ones that have horns of a certain size, shape, and number. So if you can't figure that out, you probably shouldn't
1: be shooting that. I feel like they're bored, or I would get bored in a sense. So
0: a sense that's
1: why yeah, I like so you, you the idea of the stuff. All right, well, here's the thing. In Missouri, if yeah. you were to stalk, yeah. How often would you think you would come home with with a with a Almost cow?
0: never. Yeah, uh, almost maybe never. Maybe once a year, maybe? Maybe. And I think a lot think, of it comes down to- I think think a lot of guys do.
1: Well, go and bow I think here's the challenge. And get a lot of deer though. Because
0: I think a lot of guys bow hunt from a stand in a tree. Okay. And they wait for a deer to walk underneath them. And they go thunk, and there's talent in that. Like being able to make that shot is not easy. Uh, When I and I will say this, this is a dumb analogy, but when I was uh, in college, I don't think people hunt like this. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Okay, Uh, and it's a lot of. I mean, I've
1: seen the shows and I've seen how people will go and they will track a a bear or mm -hmm. or an elk or a weird hooved animal yeah. that you've never heard of or seen yeah. before uh, in Cadu your life or something. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Things you see at the St. Louis zoo. Yeah. Um, that those exist. Oh, yeah. I, I understand that. I, does that exist in Missouri?
0: There's not a ton of like crazy, this is just wild to become a Missouri
1: conservation show.
0: The last guy I did a podcast with was a hundred percent about, uh, fly fishing and upland bird hunting. Yeah. So the, the, purpose of the podcast is as broadly outdoor topic as it could be so wherever it goes is totally fine uh and that's the the point so like one of the things that brad shared with me last week was that every time and this guy's been fly fishing for like a long time uh grew up doing a lot of fly fishing uh from like 13 on or something and said every time he goes anywhere new he gets a guide and like, if I'm going to Colorado, I fish in a new river. I get a guide every single time. And Brad, you know, is a, a fairly big wig at a good advertising agency. He's done well for himself. And I was kind of sitting there going, "Well, that's probably outside of my spectrum." Sure. And I go, "Well, how much is a guide?" Because I've always thought about that. Like you hear about, you know, this oh, guy's we'll
1: probably up. just want to go fishing Whatever. and want to show and people. And he the-
0: goes, "A guide is anywhere between two and five hundred bucks for the day for two guys." And he goes so if you're going on a five six day fishing trip and you get a guide that's 250 350 bucks and you get them between two dudes now all of a sudden the each guy's time? for a whole day for a day for each you get day one day for, for two three. guys for like call it 300 bucks okay maybe 350. Uh, Maybe it's 400. Oh, he's saying the first day, the first day you get a guide, guide. each guy throws in 150, 200 bucks. We get a guide for the first day. He shows us the spots. He shows us the flies. He teaches us the tricks that work here. And then we're able to be a lot more efficient over the rest of the week by ourselves. So had I not known, had I never talked to Brad about that, I would have never called a fly fishing guide because I never would have thought that that's financially feasible. But now that I've heard from Brad, I go, yeah, if I go fly fishing for a week in Colorado with some friends,
1: I'm calling a guide. Yeah, right?
0: sure. So it's it's trying to find that kind of information from people that have done stuff that I haven't or that have had fun trips. So I, I've shared the story a million times, but I do it every time because maybe someone hears this episode, not the last. So if you've heard it before, I apologize. But uh, when I went to Han State Park back when I was still backpack camping. I went with my friend Jason, and we brought a pile of gear between the two of us, and we we brought a tent, and then we had a tarp over the tent. Between two trees because it was snowing and I wasn't quite sure how good my tarp, my tent was in snow. Okay, so I literally built like an A frame over the top of it with another tarp. Oh, wow, yeah, we were set right. And <laughs> you, you could set a fire under that. I mean, we were really having a good time, going, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we are at Han. These three older guys roll into our campsite kind of late at night. It's one of the established sites, and we didn't want to like hog it to ourselves. And they all had, like, nice, lightweight backpacks, and they were all kind of established dudes. You could just tell they'd done a bunch of miles. They all set up little one-man tents. They're kind of, you know, the, um, what do they call them? They're um, semi-freestanding, where they're mainly using hiking poles to hold them up, stuff Uh like that. So they kind of get set up. They come down. They're hanging out by our fire, and I start asking them questions. And it turns out that they'd been, you know, hiking together for a long time. They've done about 350 miles of the AT together, 50, 60 miles at a time over like seven or eight years. They always take one week this a is year. in the OT. And go on the AT. Uh, but you're on the Ozark. we're on, yeah. we're down in Hauston Park. Okay, Just okay, ran, and the they were doing like a warm-up trip for another stint that they were <laughs> warm-up doing. Warm-up trip. Yeah, well, they were doing like a five-mile I, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I asked him, I'm like, those are like Let my getaways, yeah, like, exactly, yeah, right? Miles. That's my trip, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, you're doing more. These guys do like 60 to 70 miles in a week every year, yeah. And then they always do like one or two warm up trips to kind of make shake out their gear, make sure everything's ready to go. So I ask him, I'm like, you can see everything that I got, all this stuff here. What what am I bringing that I shouldn't? What shouldn't I bring that I am? And the guy goes, you're overcomplicating it. He goes, you need a place to sleep you need clothes you need a way to make water and you need a way to cook your food everything else is frivolous literally everything else and i was like well and he goes no no no. let me explain something to you and he goes you see that headlamp you're wearing and i was like yeah he had a piece of (laughs) string Hanging around his neck, and I'm talking like thin string, Mm -hmm. and he had this tiny one bulb LED like pinch light that was the size of a quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "I know exactly what you're doing." The only light I ever carry. (laughs) And I was like, "What? We're doing it wrong." And he goes, "What Uh do you do by light?" And he goes, "You go pee. Maybe you're making a little food. Yeah. Uh, That's about it." And I was like. It's true. Holy cow. And he goes, and you probably got an extra set of batteries for that thing, don't you? And I was like, yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> and he goes, for a t- one-night trip. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then you know, he just kind of slowly walked me through how each of those items really wasn't necessary. necessary. And it really changed my mantra on when I pack my backpack. I'm like, okay, I have my clothes. I have my shelter. I have a way to make water. I have a way to cook food why am I bringing all the rest of this stuff? And then you just slowly start to piece together. What can I live with? What can I live without and stuff like that? And what's comfort? Yeah. And so it's different for everybody and it changes from trip to trip. But ultimately if you can start to figure out those little weird tricks from the guys that have done it before you or that have heard from some other dude down the road, like, Hey, yeah, you should just think about it like this. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. You know, so if it if it does true, nothing yeah. else other than that just like move those ideas around then i think the thing will be you know will be successful in my mind
1: yeah i mean um as long as you listen yeah, And talk to new people.
0: Yeah, that's the idea, is, is I have to start to figure out how to get beyond the people that I already know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking to as many people that I already know as I can to try and get, A, experience interviewing and talking with people and making it conversational and not talking over people. Uh, but also to just gain some credibility so that when I do go, like, I want to go to the Alpine shop and find the owner. And, and just be talk like, I want to talk to you about the history of the Alpine Shop. Yeah. Tell me the story of like why does this place exist. Tell me about what how made it's you iterated and,
1: and why did you go did this route and not that route. Yeah, and
0: how did it feel when you moved from Webster to Kirkwood? How scary was that? And you know, when you opened your second store for the first time, what was that like? And just all of the things that they've gone through in basically being the outdoor retailer of St. Louis.
1: Yeah, talking to them regarding you had to know something. You have to know. Yeah. About camping gear oh you had yeah. to know a lot so and that's the big back then before it was or i mean i'm was there magazines was there oh yeah yeah just talking to them about what were you reading what was it that you tell me about your first backpacking trip yeah and, and just let it go from there. Oh, like yeah. I did that dumbest thing. I brought jeans.
0: That's the whole point <laughs> of this whole thing is that like, I just, now I own the Alpine shop. Every person I meet that does this thing has some fun stories Yeah, the, everybody's I got feel a story. like they're There's worth no sharing. Yeah. So I figured like every get trip, good at this. every trip has
1: a story. Yeah. Every trip has things to remember. Um, it, like specifically, Gus forgetting his
0: you know, headlamp. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Batteries, and and, and from there it's it it's hit, as they say, history.
0: Yeah. Well, and like one of the things that I learned on our trip was that like one of the things you guys said before we get on the trip, you were like, "Do you have a water filter?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." And they're yeah. like, "Can you bring that?" <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have one of those stoves? <laughs> yeah. So if we brought some fuel could we use that? And I was like, well, it doesn't really use the kind of fuel that most people normally oh, bring. Yes, yes, yes. And you were like, all right, we'll figure that out. And okay, I was like, yeah. they don't have anything.
1: No, <laughs> like we, I we had it. We had it. We were just trying to think just like you. I mean, yeah. All right. Minimize. All right what, we've got three guys. This yeah, is
0: stupid. We don't all need to carry stuff. Um, it,
1: this guy's going to have his own stuff. Yeah. This guy's going to have his own thing. He's going to want to do uh, whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And, and, and and But also, we're doing this together, so yeah. we only need one water filtration device. Yeah. We well, only so really you, we
0: need one stove. So what you find out, though, is that if your one water filtration device is a Sawyer Mini, which is really designed for one person or back flushed regularly, by the time that we got into our third day, like it was trying to squeeze jelly through a cement block. I mean, it was so filled with how sediment you, and sand. How do you
1: backflow it? So they give you. Like, can that be you, done in the
0: field? God. So, so with, is it
1: possible? Uh, yeah, to you do can it. In do the it field? in the
0: field. Yeah. So it it is basically any giant thick. Plastic syringe that you've ever seen, and I'll show you when I got one in the kitchen. Yeah, it comes no, with it, and you can absolutely do it in the field. All you have to do is take clean water and fill up the syringe and push it backwards through it, but you now have to carry a stupid syringe uh i got a new i literally just put out a video on my youtube channel for the podcast about water filter choices I saw it. right exactly so the the be free filter from Katadyn kind of gets rid of that problem you can back flush it by just like shaking it in a dirty river because there's enough like openings and stuff like that um but i, I needed that trip to learn that lesson. I needed to go out and screw up and only have a filter that was designed for one person or a lot of back flushing and not do any of the back flushing to figure out like, oh, you can't do that. Like you have to bring the syringe or get a different filter. So making those mistakes, having things go wrong, is as valuable as anything else
1: yeah um it goes back to talking to that guy he's done three thousand yeah. five hundred you know how many mistakes he's made oh you yeah You know how many much stuff he's bought oh and yeah i would love to go through his garage i'll take that i'll take that oh yeah you don't want it anymore man all you need is a light on a string yeah um and now i there's there's comforts um there's things that i'm i'm, I'm comfortable bringing a little bit heavier if it makes my life a little bit easier and honestly like filtration, if it, if it goes to the straw, obviously that's not working. I'll have the straw as backup. Yeah. You know, because obviously that's important as well. Um, what do I do if that doesn't work? Because that's made of electronics. You go back to something that you don't, you no longer need electronics for. Yeah. Analog. Um, what? Analog. Yeah, exactly. So um, they know all about that. I, I I would, I mean, where do they go into the filtration system? I, I, I keep Yeah. I, pretty much what I only think that is worth it to do is in this state of Missouri, we've got so much running water and all the times, at least that I'm going camping. I've already picked a trail that has running water and, and it's not an idea for me to need something that, that's so, um, like that, I, I the, the straw, I think that, we can just fill up water. I'll, I'll put a shirt, I'll put my shirt over the cup or the yep. mouth of the uh, analogy. Just remove
0: the big sediment.
1: To remove this big sediment and then I take a UV light. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a $90 system that, you, yeah, I've got to charge it or I've got to have batteries for it. Um, but I'm willing to bring the, the extra, you know, whatever, yeah. just to just to have that comfort.
0: You are the only guy I know that uses that system. And I'm not saying that that's fan, our
1: whole friends do, and um, that's awesome. That's the, but that I think that it's only because we've ever, so, the no, only is that we've only ever gone in Missouri, and okay. uh, and also Colorado where we knew a lot of
0: fresh good running water, and, and now. it
1: didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> if I can have fresh water in 90 seconds, and in a full liter of that. Um, and and, and do it while just taking a break sitting down for a 20 minute break picking up water enjoying ourselves for a minute and then walking out
0: yeah so of all the trips that you've been on what are the things that you consistently look for when you plan another trip what are the things that you're hoping to get out of your next backpacking trip like I know for me the big thing for me is being in the career field that I am the phone's always on You're always thinking about, what am I gonna post on social media tomorrow? What's gonna be our next video? How do I get that next guy in the podcast? How many emails do I have in my inbox? And it becomes this daunting, just constant overarching shadow that's just always looming, right? Um, It never turns off. And the beautiful thing for me about the woods is that I'm reserving myself. I appreciate that. Uh, (laughs) I'm reserving myself that 24 36 48 hours To purposefully turn it all off because i'm going to a place where i'm not going to have cell phone service So I literally turn my phone off when I leave the car and I turn it back on when I get back I don't turn it on at night when i'm in the hammock. I don't think about it and it typically takes me Unfortunately, it's normally a three-day trip that's required and it's that second day where I'm, I've been gone for 24 hours. I know I don't have to be back for another while. I know that today I don't have to do anything. All I have to do is like cover some miles, walk around, look around. If I'm making a video, like do some shots, whatever. But I don't have to think about anything else. And you can finally let your brain just either wander or do nothing or daydream. But like slow down. Yeah, and focus the, the on sh- one thing. It's kind of meditative and, for and, me.
1: And it's yeah, it's absolutely meditative. Uh, meditative. Every every part about it, even the if you've got friends, the conversation becomes slow, monotonous, or you guys don't talk for yeah. twenty minutes. Yeah, and then all of a sudden somebody makes a, a story begin. Yeah. Um. So yeah, me- me- absolutely getting away. Um, that meditativeness that you speak of. It, right when you said that word, it was like, yeah, it, hey, it's,
0: that guy's got words. It's interesting. There's a guy on YouTube that I found that did a, a documentary for Netflix on minimalism, and he now has his own channel on YouTube, right? And it's not so much. we
1: do the same things. Do a lot of the same things, right?
0: <laughs> I, I have a house full of stuff that I'm like working more towards. And it, one of the things that I really thought was really cool about his his idea was that it wasn't so much about having no stuff, but it was more about having intention with all of your stuff. Right. And being mindful of the fact that are you buying something just to buy it or are you buying it because there's a reason. And if you are buying it, are you thinking through this purchase and buying the right thing? Everything has function. Right. right.
1: It must have a function first. Right. Um, it, it, yeah, absolutely. Even if it's a painting on the wall, it has to have a function in order to, hey, th- there's a reason I look at that. There's a reason I want to look at that. Um, all the way down to, you know, the wainscoting on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I, I agree with it in a sense. Um, but also it's kind of fun to just go out and buy some stuff every Well, night. Yeah,
0: but it was what. So the reason that I bring that up is that he mentioned something recently the reason that the way he makes coffee in the morning he makes coffee with like the v60 pour over thing right where like a chemex where you pour the coffee over the beans and he goes i use it as a mindfulness practice in the morning to slow myself down and focus on one thing i push my phone away I don't read the paper while I'm doing it. I don't just like go through the motions, stick the beans in the machine, stick it over there and push play and then like move on. It becomes a thing. I take a few minutes and I open the filter and I wet the filter and I make the coffee and I do, I focus on the coffee and I let that be the thing that slows me down and focuses me in the morning and so I was thinking about that as it relates to camping and it used to be this big pain in the ass to filter water right like Oh, I got to stop. I got to fill this bag. I got to put the filter in. I got to squeeze it. I got to roll, sit here and roll it and wait for each liter to fill up. And I got to do that two, three times and put the filter all the way and drive everything out. And then I started to think about it. Like, well, what the hell else am I doing out here? I'm out here to do nothing. So let's so just turn this into one a of the mindfulness hardest, practice. And, and, make, and
1: taking one of the hardest things that the humans, that humans have ever really had to try to do. Yeah. and, I mean, that's the furthest evolution I think of camping has become, right? Yeah. Is that we now know that that's pasteurization, that's sanitation. That's a means not to die in the wilderness. Um, I think that's a cool,
0: cool thing. Yeah. So it was just, it was the re kind of reclassification of this is this thing that I have to do versus this is one of those things that I can do each day to make me stop to make me sit and look around and see what's around me and and if i'm filtering water i'm typically at a water source which is normally a stream which is normally beautiful yeah and it makes you if you really sit there and go (laughs) normally normally if i'm going to be here let's enjoy this process and think about it and focus on it and let it slow me down and go okay Part of this process is to look around and see where I'm getting this water from and where is it coming from So now I have to look upstream what's up there? Have I explored that and then start to okay now when I'm gathering this water what's in the water what else is down there right like what do the rocks look like it just slows you down. Are there fish in here and are there hundred are there hundred percent And so is there that, a body there that process learning through the stupid act of making coffee from a guy that made a inst, you know a, a documentary on Netflix that little video on YouTube like changed my interaction with camping and each step of the process of camping. Now, I don't have this like emotional moment every time I filter water and every time I put up my hammock and things like that. But <laughs> I don't like. I, there I pray like, to oh, the. I'm, I'm just having the best filter.
1: Like I'm I don't, having such a ha- uh, hammock day. Yeah. Pray to the hammock gods. It's, it's
0: not that deep, but it has been a way of refocusing. Some of the stuff that I used to hate, uh, even incline of of the hike, right? Well, is... I was going to say that. I mean,
1: uh, I, I would like to get back to the whole, um, it, it, what uh, the meditation thing. Yeah, it, 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 meditation could be while you're walking and it's an exercise. Meditation could be focusing on the river while you're filling up water, um, all the way to you know any any niche in part that you, it, it's what you what it, it, it's what actually satisfies you and that you take a moment to
0: realize yeah that's what it's about so let me ask you this this is kind of on the on the same topic do you ever play golf i play golf i don't i don't uh
1: t- twice two three times a year okay so honestly. when you
0: play golf when the round is over do you remember how each hole progressed. Uh, No. Okay, so one of the things... I wonder, where's my beer? One of the things I've always noticed about my friends that... And don't get me wrong, these are normally the ones that are better at golf than me. Exactly, and I think that that's the thing. But there's also just a, a certain type of person. I've met people that aren't good at golf, but they remember the round. Because I think because they were present enough... During the round, that they were thinking about what that they're hole, doing. like when I, oh how when beautiful I, is this, and when I approach a hole, yeah. my thought process: I'm going to hit it as far as, it can, as I can get it to go, and then the next one I'll be close enough that I'll choose the one that goes yeah, that far, and exactly. I'll hit that one. The other people are sitting there going. Okay, this is about 430 yards. My best club is a seven iron. That goes about 160. <laughs> so 430 from 160, I'm gonna go this about 2 scissors. I'm gonna and do that four going, times. And they're literally building their 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 hole oh, in their yeah. head. Yeah, I guess I do of that. how I'm gonna make this I'll, progress. I'll probably get it.
1: It, even if it's a bad shot, I'll be within 200. What am yeah. I gonna do to another get that other one hundred and ninety so that I can putt from ten.
0: And if I'm as at as
1: close as because I'm better shot with my six yeah. than I ever shot with my nine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if I'm at the hole and they go, what'd you get on that hole? I literally can't go Oh no. Start at the T box and go one, two, one, two, three. I will completely lose track of all the shots. And I think it's because I'm thinking about What's going on on my phone? What are we doing after this? What am I doing tomorrow morning? What do I have going on at work that week three days later? That's not your
1: your place for, for focus.
0: It's I completely let my brain do too many things at once and so I completely lose track of what just happened. It happens to me a lot on the trail in that I'll get to a campsite and remember almost none of the hike just be like i have no idea how yeah. i got here
1: i think i don't remember anything yeah, you're in you're in your head in, yeah. in in a good way right i would assume well so some, some of it's about work and yeah. some of it but you're but you're thinking it through you're not you're not upset because of it well it, it's so not, it's
0: that second day where mm-hmm. i normally get to the point where i'm not thinking about anything else and i'm walking along just going there's a tree there's a bird there's a Oh, my. Like literally <laughs> just thinking about what's in front of me. I'm not thinking about tomorrow or yesterday or or next week. I'm not thinking about how close is the car. Yeah, I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. I'm just thinking about what's right here. So it, it always takes me because if I do an overnighter, by the time I'm in my hammock, I'm thinking about all right, if I wake up at eight, then I can be back at the car by 10 and then I can be back at St. Louis by noon. Start, start, start the night before, man. I really think that's, I, I think I need to start doing
1: Yeah. I, if you're there, you could hike a half mile, yeah. but you're waking up just and being like, I, 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 you probably will do that while you're sleeping. You know, your head is, run- your mind is running and you're thinking about all the work you're thinking. Just, too much, yeah, um, and, and that's that's what keeps me up. But then once I'm asleep and I wake up, I understand what you're saying by the second day kind of stuff. Um, but I think to me, it's it's the camp as well. That was the destination in my book a lot of the times, um, and now the destination is home. Right. So first day, those are the two day trips, obviously, but yeah. um, because we just don't backpack that often. But anyway. Um, that, that's what I would say is the other goal. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a good thing because the whole point is to create a house, create the comfort, um, make a society of your own. Yeah. That's a thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it has definitely brought people into my friend circle that I never would have otherwise met. Um, You and I wouldn't have gotten to be as good of buddies as we're, you know, developing a friendship. You're weird. Uh, Absolutely. And I met a guy on the first episode of this podcast. I met a guy. I met a guy. Uh, The first episode of this podcast. I am absolutely in love
1: (laughs) with this guy named Derek.
0: Uh, Derek was on the first episode, and he and I went on a group hammock forums trip. Uh, And literally, I just went and met. Twelve people I didn't know, and so two wasn't enough. Two was not enough. Uh, <laughs> How many guys
1: can I meet in one this was, weekend? This
0: was a really diverse group, and I will say this: so when I first got into hammocking, I really got heavy into like YouTube and research and watching people. I yeah. really got heavy Tons into black tar <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so YouTube. I got into YouTube, and there's this guy in Missouri named Craig Scully or something like that. He goes by Sky <laughs> Gazer or Sky. I can't I can I always get it wrong. But I'm hiking along on this group hang trip and all of a sudden the dude's in front of me and I got starstruck by a Missouri backpacking hammocking YouTuber. He was standing in front of me and I was like uh, like frozen. <laughs> oh my God! It's Sky Gazer. Like, look at him. <laughs> He's right yeah, there. Was, He's real. It was, it was. It was like one of these weird moments that I was like, "Whoa! Social media is a real thing. This is wild." So, we had this great trip, and I met this guy named Derek, and Derek. We, this is know, the YouTuber. Uh, no, Derek is a, another this guy isn't the that star was just drunk. no, no, okay. not another. He was just another dude on the trip. <laughs> They're all, sh- but this guy, he this was, guy, he was a star. Derek and I are walking, <laughs> and we're looking at everybody's stuff. We're walking from you know setup to setup, and comparing you know what do you, what kind of hammock do you use, and how do you string up your tarp, and all that stuff. And I walk over to Derek's, and Derek goes, "I was like, oh, where'd you get this tarp?" And he's like, "Oh, I made it." And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I was like, Where'd you, what kind of hammock is this? And he's like, oh, I made that too. And I was like, okay. And he goes, made the quilts. I was like, all right. And he goes, made the backpack. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I mean, it's basically just a tube nylon. of nylon with some panels, some stretchy panels and some shoulder straps. And I was like, right, but nobody makes them. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, well, I did. What did he do for the padding? He took took a, it's a frameless backpack. Yeah. Mine mine doesn't have a frame. Gotcha. Uh, And it's got, I think he's got like one wire that maybe goes around the outside. But his shoulder straps, he took a, a backpack that his kid wasn't using anymore, ripped it all apart traced the S-curve of the shoulder straps onto some craft foam, sewed nylon around that shape into real skinny tubes, and then just shoved that craft foam up in there and made his own shoulder straps. No, like literally made the whole thing. Wow! And he goes, the biggest challenge is that you have to build everything upside down and in upside and in, inside out. Oh yeah. So okay. every time you're making a stitch, you have to think about like, how am I going to turn that uh, inside out? Inside out, and how is that going to affect like if I'm sewing a strap in place? Yeah, I think there's a uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, how is that going to like come out when I turn it inside out? Is it still going to be connected over so here? So he,
1: his whole thing instead of we're like, hey, where can I get that cool thing? He was like, I'm going to go talk to a seamstress. No, he's so. <laughs> (laughs) It all himself, but he didn't talk to anyone, he didn't watch YouTube. No, Uh,
0: he 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 learned he taught himself how to do a lot of it by watching YouTube, yeah. But then just start with a knit just ran ran after it, said, Hey,
1: I'm gonna go after this, yep, nice. So, I had that idea for um, backpacks for the dogs, cool. Um, I bought a nice one, yeah, it's working great. same Um, one
0: that was on the trip that no, 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 so uh, that one was
1: velcroed yeah
0: and i actually kind of liked that design it just probably needed to be of a different correct different you know materials yes
1: or in a sense i could take that and make it just a better backpack uh so so the design of this it was a light vest that just goes over the body Mm -hmm. um what's the uh, plastic clips? that you would go into each other called sure. plastic buckles B- buckles sure. perfect plastic black buckles that buckle underneath that have padding underneath and then uh two strips of velcro on the side that the backpack actually just velcros to mm-hmm. uh my dog is a fast moving dog yeah. she loves the trail yeah um she loves when we're in camp she she's running She's going to hit some trees. Yeah, sure. Um, and that back pack would come off. Gotcha. Um, and, and so, what I wanted was uh, buckles for the Velcro. Okay. Um, stuff that still makes it easy for the pack to come off, but not the entire harness. Yeah, sure. So, the one recently that I bought, it's just an altogether better harness um, and back pack in one. Um, better secured to her body, um, and so forth. Who uh, makes but it? it? It's rough
0: wear. So it was is it one the of palisades those, pack yeah, or whatever. So is it the one that yes. has a it's harness and a removable pack? No. So it's all one piece. It is all one piece. Gotcha. So
1: um, yeah. So they if they do that's a I would love to see their product on that.
0: I think they our local make store. One. Our, I but thought nobody I in then. St. Louis carries it. Oh, of course. Yeah, so I have probably the same pack that you do. It's uh-huh. all one piece, the harness, the yeah. pack, the st- a everything's everything's right? It's fantastic. I would
1: never knock knock yeah. it. I just always thought that I, I liked the original pack. The harness I removable pack idea was fantastic. Make. I would love to make a better pack. Yeah. Um and and i think it can be easily done i think what they're doing at those local companies are great but also i wanted to make if if i could now that she's carrying her own stuff why don't we start having her carry whatever else and and, and in that sense uh making a drop uh, down uh pillow mm-hmm. that would fit a good size yeah. and her own sleeping bag that could be made of a down like a good semi down yeah connecting them to and i know that rough wear makes that as well um and stuff like that that i think could be easily um created yeah done and um yeah, that's, that's what I would like to say.
0: So one thing I'll show you, and quite frankly, you could probably have mine if you want it. I have a, a dog tent. Um, yeah, you told me about this. I have this. the all dog that. tent. And Why don't you bring that? Because Yosie does not like if you put her in a box and... <laughs> Don't <laughs> let like if you walk away from it, she and will she run count. into the side and like like Whereas th- a rope toss it over. She can kinda of be like, Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and and I just found like that she was small enough that it's just easier to pull her into the hammock with me. Yeah. Uh, but for like Hank, it might he might be a little too big for mm-hmm. it. But um, yeah, Roughwear makes a, a pack called the Palisades Pack. Nobody in St. Louis that I've ever seen carries it. Alpine Shop doesn't. So REI what's the, doesn't. What's the lower ended one? The lower ended one. So they have like three or five different packs. Uh, the one that's most common is the one that I would imagine that you and I have, um, and it's like the I can't remember what it's called yeah, it, it's a nice pack it's got one big major pocket and then it's got a, po- a skinny yeah. kind of a, On each a side top pocket with a, a good, nice big handle a good handle a the good, advantage uh, of the Palisades pack pin. is it's exactly what you were talking about earlier it's a full harness and then there's a pack that it's goes on top, but it's so all it's buckles and oh. it's really solid. Uh, well, but it's also it. how dare they steal my idea? It's also like almost as expensive as your backpack. Yeah, like it's $150. That's a hundred and fifty dollars. It's a man. lot of money for a That's small a amount of dog material. Pack it's a lot.
1: I can go and buy a high-end
0: Patagonia pack. Yeah. For the same cost or maybe a little more. It's 150 bucks. And I mean, my backpack was 200 bucks. It's
1: less. (laughs) It's got to be less material. One would think, yeah. uh, I mean, the design, I guess we've been backpacking. It's not like they needed to change the wheel. But uh, that's upsetting to me. That's upsetting to me. Not that, but I love my dog so much. And that I've had good experiences and I've had bad experiences. So just like all the pack, pack, the backpacking and the camping and the floating and all of the stuff that I've done, the fishing, everything that I've done has, it has compiled all of the knowledge. And I know that I would like it to be best and easiest. Yeah. And at this point, I don't know how to sew. Yeah. So
0: unless I can convince somebody to do it for me because i don't want to (laughs) i I think that's what's going to be one of the really interesting renaissances that we're about to see is there's going to be a maker renaissance of people that now have all this access to like diy tutorials and all of this like all of
1: the goods can be bought online printers and all these kinds
0: of things that i think you're going to have a lot of people that have for a long time had an idea but have never felt capable of making a prototype or getting it put together. And I think you're gonna to start to see seamstresses and um, cobblers and like all these people that can do the more traditional maker type stuff, combine their skills and efforts with the 3D printing people and with all of these people that are doing modeling. And you're gonna just start to see this boom of new creative. You're seeing a lot of it with all these new products on Kickstarter and fun, you know, GoFundMe campaigns. There's this boom of new innovative products that are coming to market like crazy lately, uh, and so the people that like maybe were running out of business that weren't getting enough like you know oh we used to hem khakis and you know take in dresses. Well, finally, we'll all of a sudden the, have a whole new market. The shoe store, the leather shoe yeah. store at the end
1: of the street. I I, I got my boots wet. Yeah. Or my, um, not my, my hiking boots could get wet, but my, my, my dress shoes uh, on my wedding. Uh, they got wet at the wedding night when it rained and we took them there and they cleaned them up. And I was like, Hey, that's actually a really good thing to have. Oh yeah. Um, you don't have Walmart to take your shoes back to, to clean them. Yeah. It has to be a guy who has made that his profession. Oh, for sure. Um, Craftsman. But then we're getting back into cost, right? That's what rough wear is. Yeah. Rough wear is that guy. Yeah. And he's made it mainstream enough that people are like, damn, I've got my dog and I really want a nice pack.
0: So stuff costs money. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, and they've done a lot of R and D. They've done a lot of testing. They've done a ton of, of You know, they failed a bunch of times at packs that didn't work. I'm sure. You know, I mean, like here's an idea that didn't work. Here's an idea that didn't work. You know, you go through a Those million prototypes. Dogs. Those yeah. poor dogs. Yeah, it's one of my favorite lines in a movie. I can't remember what movie it's in, but someone says, <laughs> "Here's a movie from water movie. polo," and someone goes, "No, nah, that's just cruel to the horses." <laughs> And I was like, God, that's such a genius movie. But yeah, I can't even remember what movie it is. But it's such a good line. But anyway, with that man, I'll tell you what. I appreciate you coming on. That's been a super fun conversation. Easily the longest one that I've ever oh, had. Really? On the I was Dude, entertained. We, we went almost two hours. Oh, uh, which is we were crazy. The, huh? uh, we had so, beers. Yeah. So, but yeah, little yeah, break and things like that. you got, if you got like the that. beer,
1: uh, count me in. Sounds good, man. I'll bring I'm glad some more on my own too. Yeah. Good. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother.